Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, that we can really come to hear from you, and we want to receive the light of heaven, the revelation from heaven, Lord. We want to grow, to become mature like Jesus Christ. We don't want to be baby Christians forever, Lord, and we want to be fruitful and become the blessing to the nations, Lord. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. I would like to continue to teach or preach the message in the teaching series called Greater Blessing. I like to preach in series so that God's people can learn something from the Bible in a very detailed and deep way, little by little. In fact, every time I'm going to preach this kind of message, I feel a little bit uncomfortable because A lot of people may think that I have a hidden agenda inside me regarding finances, but I tell you, I don't have any hidden agenda at all. In fact, yesterday I was honored to teach and share the testimony with a group of Chinese Mandarin-speaking people at 7 p.m. The plan is to have the sharing one hour. It ended up two and a half hours. They kept asking questions and questions and questions. And by two and a half hours, they say, can he pray for each one of us? And the interpreter say, no way. He has three services tomorrow. This is 9.30 p.m. He hasn't had dinner yet, so we have to quit. But by the way, one of the questions in this online class, some people are Chinese from China, some people from Taiwan, and some people from America, but they all need to hear in Mandarin. And one of the questions is that, Pastor, what is your vision for New Hope International Church? And I say that my vision is to follow what the Bible says. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And not only a church, not a social club, but he told me that I want you to prepare my people to become a holy bride of Jesus Christ. You prepare them that one day they're going to meet me as the bride, not as a junk or as a harlot, but they will love me and they will live a holy life. That's what Jesus told me. And he wants all of us to grow spiritually, to become strong, faithful Christians. I don't know when the great tribulation is going to come. It will come in the end time, the great tribulation. And if we are not strong and we are not in the right mind and we are not full of faith and love, and faithfulness, we will fall. And we're going to take the mark of the beast, and we may not make it. We need to be strong to be able to go through the great tribulation until the Lord Jesus come back, and we're going to meet him in the air if we don't die yet. We're going to meet him in the air. So we need to prepare ourselves for the end time. And definitely, my attitude or my motive to teach you all this strong message is to make sure you are strong Christians. You are mature. You are becoming like Christ. You are not just a baby Christian forever. That's my pastoral job, is to make you strong. 
Today, I would like to talk again about the greater blessing, and the topic is the free will offering. First Peter chapter two verse five: You also, as living stones, we are not dead stone; we are living stones. Why call stone? Are being built up a spiritual house. We are living stone. Each one of us are like a temple of the Holy Spirit. Not only that, we come together to build a church. The spiritual house is the church. A holy priesthood, not only living stone, but we are holy, not sinful priesthood. Holy priesthood. We are the priests of God, which means we all serve the Lord. One of the jobs of the priest is to offer up spiritual sacrifices, acceptable. I like that. In the Old Testament, the priest offered animal sacrifices. But today, we offer spiritual sacrifices, offer our life, the things of our life to God from our spirit, not from tradition, not from religion, not from any legalistic thing, but offer from our spirit. And not only that, acceptable. Our offering must be acceptable to God through. We can do this through Jesus Christ. In Amplified Bible, the Bible says, "Come and like living stones, be yourself built." That's why my job as a pastor is to build you up, built into spiritual house for a holy, dedicated, consecrated priesthood to offer up those. Spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable and pleasing. Everyone say acceptable. Everyone say pleasing to God through Jesus Christ. Acts chapter twenty verse thirty-five. And I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. That's why I was working as a neurosurgeon for. Many years without taking salary from this church, I want to show to people I work hard. I'm not here for money. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. In other words, giving is a greater blessing than taking from people. I want to talk about free will offering. The Hebrew language for free will is naba. Free will offering. Why we practice free will offering? Because There is a connection between true love, true loyalty, and a choice of your heart. You cannot express true love to somebody or to God, true loyalty, without having the freedom of choice. If you are forced to do something, you don't really love, but you have to do it because if you don't do it, you may be fired or you may go to jail. So that is not true love. When you have a true love for God, you have the freedom. God gives you the choice to do whatever you want. We have the freedom of choice. We can either serve God, spend time in serving God, giving to God, or we can spend time in doing something else. We have only 24 hours a day. We have limited strength, and we have limited resources in life. So, with love, you choose which way you can spend your time. Which way you're gonna spend your money on? That is true love. In Second Corinthians chapter nine, verses seven to eight. So let each one give. Can be money, can be time, can be energy, can be anything. Give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. 
For God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. The Bible says, "Let each one of us give as we purpose in our heart." This sentence talk about priority. We have limited time in a day, 24 hours a day. We have limited energy. Last night, after the class, I ate dinner, and after that, I collapsed. I was so tired because all day yesterday, came here to pray 10 a.m., then leadership meeting, then drove to somebody to visit somebody who got sick, and came home, prepared for the teaching, and on and on and on. By 11 p.m., I was out. I need to go to bed for today. You see, we have limited energy, and therefore, we all have priority of life. You cannot spend $100 on yourself and then spend that same amount of money on something else. You have to pick and choose. You have the priority in life. We cannot spend one hour on this and the same hour on another one. That's why in true love and priority, we need to make choice and we need to do it with the free will. If you're going to do this, you cannot do that. You have to sh- make choices. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. So when we really love God, we live for God, we give to God, God blesses us. But the blessing that comes from heaven will make us rich, and there is no sorrow with that riches. How many people want the blessing from God? I want to give you the key to receive the blessing from God. That is to live a life of generous and free will, a willing giver. We need to be giver. Actually, it's in the book of Genesis. God said to Abraham, I bless you so that you can be the blessing to the nations. You cannot be blessed if you are not willing to be a blessing to the nation. If you're selfish, hoarding things to yourself, God cannot bless you. You need to have a generous, free will heart. How many times the Bible talks about willing? So many times. Willing, willing, willing. Do we have to give tithe? No. Do we have to come to church? No. Do we have to read the Bible? No, we don't have to. But we are willing to. I'm willing to come to church. I'm willing to give to God. No one forces me. I am willing. I love to do it. No one can force me. We even feel it's a privilege to come to church. It's a privilege to give. It's a privilege to serve the Lord. We should not be led by money. We should not be led by any financial gain at all. I promise God since I've become a pastor, I will not be led by money at all. I'm going to be led by the Holy Spirit. And if somebody is going to come to tell me, I'm going to give you $1 million offering to this church, but you have to stop talking about some subject in the Bible. I say, I'm sorry. Bye-bye. You can leave this church. I'm not going to let money control me and lead me. I'm going to be faithful to the Word of God. We cannot be bought by anyone else because we already were bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. We're going to live for God. Amen? 
We are not controlled by financial gain at all. Amen. So the Lord, you need to understand this. There is a word in the Bible, acceptable and pleasing. What does it mean? Some offerings are not acceptable to God. In other words, you can put money in the offering bag, but God say, no, I don't accept it. Maybe the church will accept it. <laughs> Yesterday, I talked to a brother who said that the church wants to sell the building because they don't have enough finances to take care of the building. And then one of the members of that church say, I, I donate $500,000. Can I get it back? I say, no, <laughs> you give to God already. You don't get it back. That is God's money, not your money anymore. And that kind of attitude God will not accept because you don't give God with willingness of heart. You need to give with a cheerful and willingness of heart. He wants you to be willing to have a free will and giving alone is not enough. Giving your time, giving your money, giving your energy to God is not enough. But you need to give it a cheerful and willing heart. When you give with a willing heart, you're excited. So, for example, I was flying to Virginia. I was so excited to go there with Pastor Da to be a blessing to people on the East Coast. We're so excited. We are not going dragging our feet into the plane and, oh, another job again, tired, jet lag, three hours. We have to wake up at 4 a.m. here and did not have enough sleep. No, we rejoice to go there, to be the blessing to them. Amen? So when we give, we need to give with excitement, with joy, and we love to give because we love Him. We make a choice to do it because we love the Lord and we are loyal to Him. Amen? We are not attached to money. We are not attached to any material. Once we know, my brother and sister, once we know who is our source, and not only that, the source that gonna, who is going to bring in more, and He is the source of good things, not bad things. If we realize that the source is God, we don't mind to give back to Him. We don't mind to offer to Him with the cheerful heart because we know when we offer to Him, He is the source, He's going to give back to us, bless us back, so that we can be the blessing to the nations. Actually, God told me so many times in my Christian life, son, do you know that the root problem of many Christians that don't want to grow and don't want to do anything is the issue of faith. They don't have faith that God is the source. They don't have faith that God is the protector. They don't have faith that God can take care of them. That's why they hesitate to do this and do that and give because they don't have faith. Faith is important. We need to believe that God is a source. Everyone say, God is my source. In that generation of King David, King David got involved in building the temple of God. Before his generation, the people of Israel, they built a beautiful, expensive structure called tabernacle. The tabernacle is a nice tent with gold and silver. Okay, before I go on, you need to understand this. Our God is the king of all kings. Our God is the Lord, the creator of the universe. Don't have this attitude that, wow, we can have a junk here in the church, but my house is going to be beautiful. No, this is the house of the king of all kings. We should do the best. Thank God for the 
construction team here that we build very beautiful, nice thing for God. We need to treat God as a king. That's why God gave them the desire to build the tabernacle. And that tabernacle is beautiful. It's a moving structure, move from place to place. But later on, God told David, you need to build me an exceedingly magnificent temple, very beautiful, expensive temple. But King David could not build it because he killed so many people as a soldier at that generation. So God going to use his son Solomon to build an exceedingly magnificent, stable structure of the temple of God. The temple of God in that generation is symbolic of the church today. Let's look at what King David said. First Chronicles chapter 29, verses 1 to 3. Furthermore, King David said to all the assembly, My son Solomon, whom alone God has chosen, is young and inexperienced, and the work is great, the work to build the temple, because the temple is not for man, but for the Lord God. Now, for the house of my God. Look at this. Look at the heart of King David. I love it. Now, for the house of my God, today we shall do. Now, for the church of Jesus Christ, I have prepared with all my might gold for things to make of gold, silver for things of silver, bronze for things of bronze, iron for things of iron, wood for things of wood, onyx, stones, stones to be set, glistening stones of various colors, all kinds of precious stones, not cheap stones, precious stones, and marbles. Slaps in abundance, in abundance. He prepared all this material in abundance, not cheap, not stingy. He's very generous. Moreover, because I have set my affection on the house of my God. Everyone say affection. King David loved the house of God. Do you love the church? I love the church. That's why I put out my life for the church all these 40 years. I have given the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared. He prepared this much. He gave more in his, from his bank account for the holy house. My own, not just the money from the royal treasury, but his own money, my own special treasure of gold and silver. You can see here that King David gave free will offering in building the temple of God. He did not give it out of fear, out of tradition, out of guilt, or out of condemnation. He was not giving grudgingly, out of compulsion, or out of necessity. He gave his offering with a free will to honor the Lord. Out of love, out of appreciation, he said, my affection is on the temple. He loved the Lord so much. So he gave willingly and joyfully. His attitude in giving is love and honor and commitment and loyalty. Some Christians ask me, do I have to tithe? You don't have to tithe. It's between you and God. If you don't want to, don't tithe because God will not accept your money anyway. But if you're going to tithe, you tithe out of your free will. You're excited to tithe. You love to tithe. You don't give out of compulsion. Amen? God, look at your heart more than your paycheck, more than your check that you write. God, look at your heart 
that you love him, you honor him or not, or you love money more than God, my brothers and sisters, is about priority and honor. If you gonna give time to God and with the attitude, if I give this money, uh, I can use this money to buy that house, to buy that car. Don't give it, because you give it grudgingly. You you feel pressure to give. Don't give. God can get money from somebody else. Our God never lacks. So if you're gonna give, you think this way: I want to give. I love God. Amen. You cannot have two masters, God and money. You need to have only one master in your life. If God is first in your life, you will love His church. You will love His kingdom. You will love the work that He is doing through the church. And you think about the church every day. You think about the ministry every day. And before you go to church, like this morning, I got up and I pulled my checkbook out. And wrote the check of tithe, and I'm prepared. I'm ready to give. I put my mass in here, so hard to find. <laughs> I prepare to give. I don't come here. Oh, time, time to give. Uh, okay, my wallet out. Oh, five cent. Okay, I'm gonna go to the box. Five cent. But this five cent, if I add up, I can buy some latte. Oh, why would church need my money? If you do that, don't give. God will not accept your money. The church will accept, but God will not accept. <laughs> First Chronicle chapter 29 verses 3 to 5. Moreover, because I have set my affection on the house of my God, do you love Jesus? I love Jesus. He died for me. He suffered for me. He loved me. He blessed me. He take care of me all these years. I love Him. We give out of love. You love the Lord. Affection on the house of my God. If you love Jesus, you love His body, the church. I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared. He prepared. He did not give by accident. He think. He pray. How much I gonna store up money? At one time, Pastor Dan, I say, okay, one church in Bangkok is building a building. Okay, let's pray how much we're going to give money to build that church, that building. And we decided to send to them $30,000. They were shocked. That is one million baht in Thailand. But we sent $30,000 to that church, to build the church. We pray, we prepare for the holy house, my own special treasure of gold and silver, 3,000 talents of gold and of gold of offer, and 7,000 talents of Refined silver, he announced how much he gave. Wow, he announced to overlay the walls of the houses, the work of uh, the gold for things of gold and silver for things of silver, and for all kinds of work to be done by the hand of the craftsmen. Now, look at the question Who then is willing to consecrate himself this day to the Lord? Who is Willing to give. It's interesting. King David took off, gave first as the king of Israel. He gave first before anyone else. And then he asked the question, who is willing to give? It's interesting. He's the king. He can say, by the way, 
I come it out with the law. You must give at least 50% of your bank account. If you don't give, you are in jail. Can he say that? Yes, he is the king. Can he send soldier to stand at the offering box and somebody drop in five dollars? Oh, soldier, catch this person. He is a millionaire, but he give only five dollars. Catch him, go to jail. Can he do that? Yes, he is the king. He has the authority in that country. But instead of doing that, instead of coming out with as a law or send the soldier to watch how much people give, he say, "Who is willing to give?" Willingness is so important in the eyes of God. If we're gonna give to God, let's give willingly, with the free will, and willingness is a key to prosperity. If you want God to bless you physically, emotionally, relationship, marriage, everything, you need to really give willingly. Like Ruth, Ruth lost her husband, and Ruth gave her life to God and to her mother-in-law Naomi, and she gave and she served, and eventually God blessed her to have a very godly husband named Boaz. You see, blessing may not be money, but maybe a good spouse. That you cannot get yourself, but God sent the spouse to you, the good spouse to you, because she, Ruth, gave. I'm really impressed with the story of Ruth. I love it. Actually, Boaz talked to Ruth that you know God paid you back. You took care of your mother-in-law. You served her. You served God. I, God paid you back by giving me to be her husband. I'm a rich man. You can see here that God looked at the heart. And God wants to see the willingness of our heart. First Chronicle chapter 29, verses 5 to 6. The gold for things of gold, and the silver of things of silver, for all kinds of work to be done by the hands of, of craftsmen, who then is willing to consecrate himself this day to the Lord. Who will? Then the leaders of the fathers' houses, leaders of the tribes of Israel, the captains of thousands and of hundreds, with the officer over the king's work. Offer grudgingly. Is that right? Offer sorrowfully. No, they offer willingly. Wow, willingly happened in the First Chronicle twenty-nine so many times. First Chronicle twenty-nine nine. Then the people cry and get upset with David. Why we have to spend this money to build the house of God? Did it, the Bible say that? No. The Bible say then the people rejoice. I'm glad I preached this after we finish this building, this remodeling. So you know I have no agenda to collect your money for remodeling. Okay, no agenda at all. Then the people rejoice for they had offered willingly. Because with a loyal heart, they had offered willingly to the Lord, and King David rejoiced greatly. Oh, I love this verse nine. Willingly, willingly rejoice from the loyal heart. I pray that Christians in this generation in America will love God, loyal to God, and love God enough to. Really, give their life, their time, their service to God, their money to God willingly. In this offering time, 
you notice that they announce how much they give. They announce. You may think in your heart that, hey, the Bible says that I'm not supposed to let my left hand know what I give by my right hand. We should not announce how much I give. Like I tell you a while ago, I sent $30,000 to Bangkok, to the church in Bangkok. I announced it. I'm not ashamed to say this. You know why? Look at Matthew chapter 6, verses 3 to 4. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. This scripture talks about giving financial help to the poor, to the needy. And the Bible says that don't let people know how much you give to the needy. And don't let people know who get money from you, the needy. Why? Because you don't want to offend or embarrass the needy, that that person is in need, and you help them, and you try to boast that you help that person. No. For financial offering to the needy, you don't need to announce anything. You don't need to say anything, but to give honor to the Lord. You can announce, hey, I love the Lord. I give. That's what King David did. He said, I give gold. I give more than what I have. You can look at my bank account. In that generation, can you imagine, before the first nail pulled out to build a building, billions of dollars already in the treasury. They gave even before starting the project of building the temple. My brother and sister, we want to honor God by giving to Him willingly. David and the people in that generation, they give free will offering to the Lord before even the construction started. Their heart is with the Lord. They love God so much. And that's why the Bible records about this story to teach us. I would like to encourage all of you. This is an issue of the heart. My brothers and sisters, even though you don't have a lot, you still can give because of your heart. Remember this? God said, I bless you so that you can be the blessing to the nations. Pastor Da is not here. I, she will not be mad at me because she's not sitting here. But in the second service, I'm not sure. She may be upset with me. I say this. Pastor Da came from a very kind of simple family. I don't want to say low income, kind of middle class family. But since she was a 13, 14 years old girl, she gave gave, gave. She never cared much about herself. And now I see the principle in Genesis chapter 12. Because she wanted to bless her parents, the f she went out on the street to sell some goodie. She got money back to her home, 100 baht or $5 or something. She gave the whole thing to her daddy and mommy. She never kept even one penny. She gave to her brothers and sister. She gave, she wanted to be the blessing and that's why God led her to meet a neurosurgeon like me. <laughs> you bless people and God bless you. Really. Be willing to be a blessing. And God going to bless you so that you can be more blessing to others. It's the attitude of the heart. God shall bless those who are generous and give willingly and want to be the blessing to other people. What kind of givers 
whom the Lord is pleased with. Nobody dragging their feet, complaining, or fussing about giving, or feel necessity or feel grudgingly about giving. They are not forced to give. They give willingly and joyfully to the Lord. Those givers are people whom God is pleased with. Amen. Look at verse 10 to 19. Wow, I'm running against time. Therefore, David blessed... Maybe I go beyond one and a half hours, sorry. Therefore, David blessed the Lord before all the assembly. And David said, Blessed are you, Lord, God of Israel. If you read all this is prayer, you notice that David really knows his God. Our Father forever and ever, yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power and the glory, the victory and the majesty. In other words, God is the source of every good thing to him and to his people. For all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you. Who give you honor and riches? God. And you reign over all. In your hand is power and might. In your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Now therefore, our God, we thank you. Wow, he thanked God that he can give. Instead of God thanking him, he thanked God. We thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I? Very humble man. And who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly as this? Everyone say willingly. For all things come from you anyway. And of your own we have given you. For we are aliens and pilgrims before you as were all our fathers. Our days on earth are as a shadow. We die when we're going to leave this world. We are not live here forever. The money, if you don't give to God, somebody else is going to take it. And without hope, O oh Lord our God, all this abundance that we have prepared, prepared, He prepared to build you a house for your holy name is from your hand and is all your own. Everything comes from God anyway, He said. I know also, my God, that you test the heart. Sometimes giving time is a time of test, to test your heart and have pleasure in uprightness. As for me, in the uprightness of my heart, I have willingly, again, willingly, how many times now? Five, six times. To offer all these things and now with joy, willingness come with also excitement and joy. I have seen your people who are present here to offer willingly to you. O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, keep this forever in the intent of the thoughts of the heart of your people and fix their heart toward you. It's the issue of the heart here. Do you love money or do you love God? It's the issue of the heart. And give my son Solomon a loyal heart to keep your commandments and your testimony and your statutes to do all these things and to build the temple for which I have made provision. My brother and sister, today we don't build that temple, but we build the church. And are you willing to offer your strength, your time, your energy, willingly to God? Amen? God needs your willingness. David really knew his God. Is willingness important to the eyes of God? 
Is it important? Yes. You don't just giving. You don't just do giving. Yeah. Okay. No. If you do that, God say you're not willing. You are joyful to give. And when we talk about giving, giving with excitement, I'm not talking about only giving to church or to God or to minister. But you can give to your loved ones. Are you happy to buy Louis Vuitton for your wife? Or Chanel for your wife? I look at over there. <laughs> Are you willing to buy a nice car for your wife? You can give to your relative. You can give to the poor. You can give to people around you. People in the church. God wants us to be giver, to give to people. And there are people in the church that need things that have been sitting in your garage, in your jewelry box, and in your closet for 10 years and you never even look at it. And you say, hey, I haven't used this so brand new bracelet. Maybe I can give to that sister there. The sister can enjoy that bracelet. Can you do that? Yes. So many things in our life just store up in the garage. Boxes, and we just don't even care. Look at, we should pull this thing out and give to people. Don't keep it, because you don't use it anyway. When we talk about giving, I'm not talking about only money or to church. We give to people around us. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Be led by the Holy Spirit. And God's going to lead you to give if you have the right heart and willing heart. Amen? God's going to lead you to give to the right people. You say, Pastor, you read the Old Testament, First Chronicles chapter 29. Wow, that's old. That's David, not today. But I want to say God does not change. He mentioned the same thing in the New Testament. Second Corinthians, I'm almost done. Second Corinthians 8.3 For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing. You see the word willing in the New Testament? Yes. Second Corinthians 8.11-12 But now you also must complete the doing of it. That as there was a readiness, readiness, preparation to decide it, so there also may be a completion out of what you have. You promise God to give this, you need to complete it. For if there is first a willing mind, it is accepted according to what one has and not according to what he does not have. You have $5, you plan to give $2 to somebody. And you do it willingly, God accepted that offering to that person. You do it willingly. You look so excited when I preach this. Everyone like, some of you like, I want to close my ear, I don't want to hear all this thing. Pastor, when are you going to finish this teaching? I'm going to go on another hour. What makes our offerings acceptable to God? Our willingness. We need to be willing. Some of us treat 
the tithe as a bill, paying bill. Oh, electric bill this month, $200. Last month, only $150. Hey, turn off the light in your closet, not in your bedroom when you go to bed. This is the dad say to the daughter. Hey, daughter, turn off the light. My electric bill increased $50 this month. Some people pay God like a paying bill. Very, very grudgingly and unhappy to give tithe to God, to give anything to God. They're reluctant to give. They're not happy to give at all. And that's why they don't have the blessing. And God doesn't accept that tithe and offering to the Lord. They are reluctant in giving money. They feel that they are under compulsion. They give mindlessly. Sometimes people in the church say, Amen. Yes, Amen. Mindlessly. They don't even get excited about what they hear. They don't care. God, look at your heart. Are you excited to hear the word of God? Are you happy to give? You're excited to be changed. Not reluctantly, not grudgingly, not out of fear, not out of guilt, not legalistically. Sometimes I heard bad news about people commit sin and they got into trouble. And I really hesitate to share this on the pulpit. Actually, I share on the Friday night care group. And I say, I cannot share this story in the church on Sunday. You know why? Because I don't want people to give or to do anything out of fear that this is a sad story. And I have to give because this sad story may come to me. I don't want to manipulate anybody to do anything by telling sad story of God's discipline on somebody. I don't want you to give out of fear, out of condemnation or guilt. I want you to love God. Give from your willing heart, not by fear of being spanked by God. Amen? I like the Amplified Bible, this one. I'm, I'm almost done. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7 in Amplified Bible. I love this one. Let each one give as he has made up his own mind willingly and purposes in his heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion. For God loves, in parenthesis now, powerful. He takes pleasure in. How many people want God to look from heaven to you and smile? And, I like this guy. Wow, I take pleasure in this man and this woman's behavior and attitudes. How many people want God to look at you and smile at you? Instead of looking at you, <sighs> I can't believe. <sighs> I don't want God to look at me that way. He takes pleasure in prices above other things. He prizes you. He says, wow, this believer like this better than many people and is unwilling to abandon or to do without. God will not abandon you. God will not desert you. COVID-19 cannot touch you because you love Him. He's going to protect you, help you. A cheerful, joyous, prompt-to-do-it giver whose heart 
is in his giving. Powerful scripture. The Bible say in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8 continue to say in amplified bible. And God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need to be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support or furnish in abundance for every good work, blessed to be the blessing and charitable donation. The word self-sufficient here means this way, I read to you, a perfect condition of life in which no aid or support is needed from anybody. In other words, if you are willing giver, you give God with a free will, God is going to bless you with His grace, pour His earthly blessing on you, and you're going to have more than enough in everything all the time, and you don't need to go and beg people to help you. God is going to work in the people's heart to help you anyway. You are not haughty and prideful not to receive people's help, but at the same time, you don't need to, oh, hello, I don't have money to pay my bill, can you help me this month? You don't need to. You have more than enough to even help other people. You have sufficiency, all sufficiency in all things. And that is the promise of God for every cheerful giver. Test God. Do it. I see my wife's life. She is a giver. At one time, she has shoulder pain. And you know why she has shoulder pain? <laughs> because every time we, I went to Bangkok, she would go to the shopping mall and buy all kinds of gifts, expensive purse, all kinds of gifts to pack in the luggage. Because I fly business class, my luggage is 72 pounds. So three luggage is 72 pounds, and she helped me to lift one time and shoulder pain. But God healed her. <laughs> my brother and sister, in my luggage, nothing about me at all. It's all gift to give to pastors and workers in Thailand. She is a giver. And that's why God blessed her. That's why we have more than enough. When we open our refrigerator, how are we going to finish all this food? Every week, somebody sends food to us from different Thai restaurants. So much food. I mean, I'm thankful that and they, they are giving to us. So they bless that restaurant, sell, 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 have so much business because they are giver too. So we give to each other. Amen? God will give you more than enough to do every good work. You don't need to be a beggar. I hope that the Word of God today renew your mind and the Holy Spirit really stir your heart up. want to say one last thing. Have you heard about people say, I want to have fun? How many people want to have fun? I want to have fun. The Bible says it is more blessed to give than to receive. It would be nice that you have fun and rejoice. When you walk into the church, you see somebody wearing the T-shirt that you bought for that person. It's a wonderful to walk into the church and see somebody using the Chanel purse that you bought for her. 
Is it wonderful? You walk into the church, you see that equipment that you pay for that whole equipment to preach the gospel. Is it wonderful that you see the construction of the church and say, "Wow, I give part of this and I enjoy," and people enjoyed it. Is it wonderful that you say, "I am a part of that mission trip of Pastor Lau. I help him to pay for his airplane ticket, pay for his hotel, so that he doesn't have to live in a junk place." Sometimes I went to some mission trip. They don't have money to pay for my hotel, so they dump me into a small room and I sleep in a small room. It happened because no one paid for hotel for me, and I cannot say no to them. I don't want to show that I have money. So that happened. Is it wonderful that you are a part of helping the needy, the orphans, the single mom, the widows around you? Is it wonderful and it's fun? To see that you are a part of the bigger things of God in this world, God has a big things to do in this world, and you are a part of that big things instead of hoarding money in your bank account, hoarding and hoarding for yourself. And one day you die, you cannot take even one penny with you. But when you give, you have rewards in heaven. You can be a part. You have fun to see people enjoy. Amen. Sometimes Pastor Da took me to Bainbridge. You know Bainbridge, jewelry shop. Uh, why are you going to Bainbridge? Oh, I want to buy that diamond ring for one sister in the church. And this is a true story. I say, what? You buy diamond ring for that sister? <laughs> oh yeah, because she has been with our church for 30 years. She is so faithful. I want to bless her, and she did, and she gave that diamond ring. A diamond necklace to that person. Wow! I'm proud of my wife. She is a giver. She loves to give. She enjoy giving. Don't try to be close friend with my wife now. <laughs> Please don't tell her that I share this. Okay? Keep it confidential. <laughs> oh, I love to boast about my wife. She is a very generous woman. She loved to give. Yesterday, she ordered Thai food to bring a big bag to give to somebody. She enjoyed giving. It's wonderful, and God bless her so much. I want to encourage all of you to be that kind of believer, joyful, honorable, and willing giver to be the blessing to other people. Amen. Let us pray, Father. We thank you so much, Lord, that we can learn. To be like King David, we want to be willing, Lord, to give whatever the Holy Spirit lead us, Lord. Maybe to our parents, maybe to our kids, maybe to our relative and sibling, or give to the poor in the church, or give to the mission trip, to something, Lord. And we believe, Father, we never outgive you. It's more blessed to give than to receive. But at the same time, we know, Father, you are the source, Lord. You're the source of all good things, like what King David say in First Chronicle 29, Lord. And as we bless, you bless us, and we bless again, and we're gonna have all sufficiency. We have all things that we need, more than enough to be the blessing and to do every good work, Father. Oh, I want to see that Father in this church and those who listen to this sermon, Lord, that their life will never be the same, Lord. Oh Lord, may Your Holy Spirit 
really change our heart. Some of us fathers may grow up in a very stingy environment. The parents were not generous, and they learn from their parents. They learn how to hoard, learn how to keep, learn how to store up for themselves because they see that from their ancestors, Lord. Lord, now we have a new daddy, the daddy in heaven. And you are the generous daddy. You give rain to the just and the unjust. Therefore, we want to follow your footstep. We want to be generous children of God, Father. Thank you, Father. Please remove the old way out of our life. Please take off some wrong culture in our life that we learned from the past. The hoarding, the love of money, all these things, Lord. But give us the new spirit, the spirit of heaven. A willing heart, honorable heart, loyal heart towards you, loves you, willing to live for you, Father. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ or you're not sure you are born again, I would like to lead you to prayer to really give your life to Jesus Christ. Maybe even one person in this room is good to offer your life to Jesus Christ. Amen. We're going to declare together that God is, Jesus is our Savior. This morning, I listened to a testimony. A man was diagnosed as having incurable disease. He went to a meeting and he gave his life to Jesus Christ. And on the way out to the car, he began to pray, Jesus, this is a brand new believer. Jesus, you are my healer. I believe you're going to heal me. And Jesus healed him. He went back to the doctor. The doctor could not find any trace of this incurable we call some kind of myositis, the muscle degeneration. He become weaker and weaker and cannot walk, cannot function. And God healed him completely. Jesus is our Savior. He is our healer. Let us confess together. Father in heaven, we confess with our mouth. Believe in our heart that you are our Savior. Jesus, Lord, you saved me. You forgive me. You healed me. Come into my life. I give you permission, Lord, to be my healer, my Savior. Forgive me, Lord, of my sin. I repent. I will follow you, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Can you give me a few more minutes? I know I'm beyond time now. It's interesting. Two Sundays ago when I was here, suddenly the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Son, you need to repent. You need to change. I said, what? I was up here, standing here. You don't walk to them to pray for them. They need to come to me. So that Sunday, I call people out, say, come in the front and I'll pray for you. I'm not going to walk to you anymore. And that Sunday, wow, the presence of God was so strong. God touched people. One young boy came out, 16 years old boy came out. He never came out to the prayer line. I lay hand on his head. He began to speak in tongues. 
No one talked to him about this. He spoke in tongue. He fell under the power, and he got drunk. He laughed. He cried, and he told his mom that he want to leave for God. I did the same thing for the Thai service in the afternoon. I said, "I'm not going to walk to you anymore. You come." All flood out to the front. Suddenly, oh, I feel. I stand here. I feel the presence of God on me, like Jesus just cover me with the anointing, and people just got drunk in the Holy Spirit without laying on of hand. God presence just so strong on them. I learned that lesson. That in the Bible, Jesus never bugged anybody to be prayed for. He never approached anybody and say, "Can I pray for you?" No, people came to him and asked him to heal and to bless. He never put the door of anybody house in and say, "Can I pray for you? You need to come to God, because we don't have enough usher unless one day more more men in this church can help to be usher. We can pray in standing position again, but because we don't have enough usher, we prepare two seats here in the front." So that if you want to be prayed for, we will push the chair out, and you can sit. I'm not going to go to your seat anymore. If you want to be prayed for, come to God, and I will pray for you. I'm going to spend about 15 minutes to pray for people. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. I'm so thirsty. Thank you.